Today, the Capitol on lockdown after an armed suspect crashes his car into a barricade and a medical analyst says the quiet parts out loud when it comes to coercing Americans to get vaccinated. It is Friday and we have got a lot coming up and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy Friday. It's been a really long one. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by my, my old friend, a stranger over here. I haven't seen him in a while, it feels like. Bill Richmond. It feels like a long time, but glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy you're here. Uh, also, he is on his maiden voyage on the show. Todd Benzman, he is a senior national security fellow for the Center for Immigration Studies, which I got to say, Todd, is kind of a mouthful. <laughs> if <laughs> you could you. just shorten your, uh, your, your, your name. Well, when, I, when I got in there, they asked what title, and I said, how about King? And they were like, <laughs> they wouldn't, They wouldn't do it. No, Golly, do that. that is discriminatory, Jerks. I got to say. Uh, all right, so let's touch on now. I just want to make this clear. As of the time of this taping, um, there are still details rolling out about this, uh, what has happened at the Capitol. So there may be more details that surface by the time of this taping if there are Tough. Sorry. All right. We'll tell you what we know as of right now. Uh, two Capitol Police officers were reportedly injured and taken to the hospital after a car smashed into the barricade that keeps unauthorized vehicles from entering the complex. Uh, the suspect is in custody and was transported to the hospital. Um, and as I said, two officers injured. And um, that's basically what we know. The Capitol is on lockdown. There is, they said there is an external security threat. No entry or exit is permitted. Stay away from exterior windows, doors, if outside, seek cover. Uh, ambulances and stretchers also arrived. And further video showed a helicopter, helicopter landing on the lawn uh, to pick up the injured individuals. So crazy times. I guess uh, I would imagine that... The uh, the people in Congress will use this as an excuse to keep the National Guard, Guard there forever. I think. I'm pretty sure it's gonna. They're just gonna start building permanent installations, and mm -hmm. but what will be interesting is wondering how quickly we'll start hearing about the check boxes yeah. of race or religion about who this particular person was and what their Facebook shows mm -hmm. and you know. We'll and, and based on that information, how quickly the story either <laughs> goes away or right. rises to the surface. Oh, yeah. yep, I think it. probably there are a lot of uh, people sitting in different galleys just waiting to mm -hmm. see who it's going to be, what species. This is going to be right, left, Islamic. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then you're, you're right. It'll disappear quickly if it's the wrong brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we will we'll be staying abreast of this situation uh, as we go into the show. If anything new develops, um, we'll, we will bring that to the table to talk about. But of course, you know, praying for the officers who were injured and um, wishing them uh, their well, good health and uh, safety. So let's get into the other headlines of the day. Um, this killed me, you guys. I was, of course, scrolling through Twitter, as one does, and I saw this exchange between the CNN medical analyst, Dr. Leanna Wen, uh, who was talking to Chris Cuomo. And I 
had not really, I didn't know much about this woman, but now I don't know if I can really say who's <laughs> worse between either Leanna Wen or Chris Cuomo. They seem to be both very horrible. Uh, I not pers- I can't personally stand to watch either of them at this point, but um, here is Dr. Leanna Wen. I mean, it's incredible when you think about what she's saying, talking about uh, vaccinations and urging the Biden administration to tie vaccinations to Americans' freedoms. I don't think she understands what the word freedom actually means. Watch. But I think that there are many more people, millions of people who, for whatever reason, have concerns about the vaccine, who just don't know what's in it for them. And we need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100 percent. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status, because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot? going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. And I fear a situation of coming into the fall where we never reach herd immunity. And then we get hit by the next surge of, of, of COVID-19 in the fall, something that we could have prevented if we just got people vaccinated. Now, Now, it's interesting because I, I, on the show, have frequently called, accused them of dangling a carrot, you know, in front of everyone. Here's the carrot here. If you just do this, well, 15 days to slow the spread. Well, hold on. (laughs) Well, now you have to wait until, you know, we do such and such. Oh, wait, there's a vaccine. Wait until everyone gets vaccinated. And then, by the way, you're still not able to return back to normal life. Um, So... I've accused them of this. She's coming out and saying it, and proudly, even just just being very open about it. I mean, right. what's what's incredible is there's no shame, <laughs> there's no hesitation. You can tell that this is a phrase that she's been saying many, many times to many other people. Has been very prepared to come out and say that a normal policy would involve. It literally ignoring the science or the lack of science in these studies about what's happening with these vaccines. I mean, so many people right now are saying, what's the impact on fertility? What's the impact on a pregnant mother? What's the impact for different people with different, uh, you know, immune systems and their own physical systems and how those will be affected? And yet she's saying, oh, OK, default, if you don't have it, we restrict your freedom. It's incre- it's incredible. Yeah, I, it's weird, uh, Todd, because I didn't recall that the government was the one who was who like handed us our freedoms. I thought. Yeah, I'm just wondering when I see stories like this, why it is that uh, personal freedom and uh, freedom of choice and security and comfort is such a problem. <laughs> like they don't want people to feel secure. Right. Uh, uh, and this is just another example of moving the goalpost back and back and back. Uh, when's it going to end? I mean, at some point, uh, you know, we have to just sort of uh, understand that I'm vaccinated. I'm good. Yeah. Well, or yeah, like I'm vaccinated. I'm good. Therefore, I probably shouldn't be concerned with whether or not the person next to me is vaccinated, because if my vaccine works, isn't that the whole point? Yeah. No more than if uh, I'm in a um, Volvo that's surrounded by airbags and I'm driving down the highway and I see a guy on a motorcycle without a helmet. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Good Your right. choice. I mean, I mean uh, ultimately, we are talking about possibility versus probability. We have possible 
future outbreaks. We have possible meteors that are going to strike the Earth. The, the Earth's magma core could explode. I could get hit by a bus right here in the studio, could come <laughs> through the wall. But it's all about probability. And here they're not considering that at all. They're not considering what the probability is of the actual impact of, of the vaccine or whether people are vaccinated 100% or not. And that's what they're using to scare you. They don't want to talk about what the real probabilities are they just want to talk about possibilities to scare you mm -hmm. into whatever action they want or they try and again dangle that carrot yeah uh and it so just kind of going along with this conversation um we've frequently seen the cdc go back and forth on you know i think what was it last summer they said asymptomatic people we're not seeing uh, they're, that they're transmitting this virus if you're asymptomatic you're probably not transmitting this virus well then they got in trouble actually i think that was the who that said that then they got in trouble and had to walk it back and say well we don't know i mean asymptomatic spread could be happening now we're seeing this with the cdc it sounds like it, it's just a new you know uh, a new uh, thing every day that they say well, this could be happening. Well, that could be happening. Todd, you said before we went on air that the CDC had just come out today and said, well, now if you've been vaccinated, you can travel around safely. Yeah, I mean, every day it's a new it's a new version. It's a new story. Uh, and so I wonder if they're going to allow you to take the masks off. Maybe they're going to tie that into the whole vaccine passport that they've been pushing because they can't say that. Right. Like they have to say that you're allowed to travel, travel around safely if they're going to allow you to have a vaccine passport. Otherwise, what would be the point? Yeah, I mean. You know, here the, the the real issue here is just constantly moving the goalpost, mm -hmm. and don't put it on your social media platform, and say uh, on any given day that today is uh, this is the uh, anecdote. So yeah, yeah. So some so. Of the, some of the back and forth that's been going on is you remember we had the masks aren't effective, masks right. might be effective, right. masks are definitely effective. A mask is not effective. You need two masks, right. right? I mean, and so, and I understand. I mean, the, the, the science of it, what's happening, the rush to be able to get things done um, and, and to do them in a safe way, I very much understand that. But when you see so much of this flip-flopping, you, you really can't wonder why people are very concerned about the information that's coming out when even the CDC is conflicting itself with yep. information yep. about how the vaccines are going to be applied, whether masks and now with the travel situation. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the New York Times was reporting people should be able to travel. But mm, how is that going to change? Um, <laughs> I bet tomorrow something changes. Yeah, well, and it is bizarre because you see these pictures of, uh, you know, the, the White House administration. There's Biden, there's Harris, there's their cabinet behind them, and they're all wearing masks in these pictures. And these are staged pictures. They're not just, you know, like right. candids. And you're like, you guys have all been vaccinated. Why are you still wearing the masks? We all know that you've been vaccinated. I don't think that that's a great selling point if you're trying to push the American people to get vaccinated, but telling them you still have to wear your mask, you still have to stay the six feet, you still have to do these things. But, you know, Bill, as you pointed out, they're just going to change it the next day. Um, well, well the, question, so. the question ultimately comes down to is if you what is the point of the vaccine? If right. what you're saying is, is that it is so ineffective that you might be still spreading it. Now, I understand some some folks are going to point out and they're going to say, well, it just reduces the impact of the virus when you have it. And certainly there's the studies that are showing that so mm -hmm. far. But what is the ultimate path? Then you're essentially admitting that we will forever be wearing masks. We mm -hmm. will forever be doing social distancing. We will be forever carrying our vaccine passports around when the science doesn't back that either. They yeah. love to use the argument, well, science isn't sure, so let's do 
a crazy amount of safety precautions. Right. But then when the science isn't the other way, they're like, well, the science doesn't say so. Let's also do safety protections. Right, right, right. 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 Well, and just to, to, to add on that um, before we move on, it doesn't, I don't get, because I did hear, Bill, that, that uh, they had said, well, it just reduces the severity of the illness. But then it's like, well, wouldn't the unvaccinated people be at risk of catching something from the vaccinated people then? Because if the vaccinated people have it and don't have it as severe, then they're not going to be getting sick, but they could still transmit it is what they're leading us to believe. It's just, it makes no sense. But they're also saying that there's no evidence for that. It's a possibility. Right. So right. it's like, okay, it's like what... What he was saying so the bus about, through like, the wall example. Right? There, yeah. could be, there could yeah. be a meteor that comes in here. Right. And, oh, my God. So <laughs> I, I, I keep crazy. saying I feel like maybe the silver lining of all of this covid situation, all of the coronavirus is that maybe it has finally pushed people to distrust government agencies that they should have been distrusting a long time ago. Like there was no reason for us to trust the, C the CDC if you really look at the history of it. But somehow people did. Now I think people are going, oh, Wait, you guys just said a different thing yesterday. Maybe we shouldn't just blindly follow what you're saying. And, and, I, and I will say in defense of scientists, mm -hmm. and I've talked with epidemiologists, both by training, some yeah. who are out in business now, and they would say, I, when you talk to scientists, they're, they're the ultimate hedgers. Yep. They're talking about, well, look, in this different study, with this control, under these particular variables and circumstances, we were able to, for this percentage of time, come out with this result. So that mm -hmm. turns into a probability. But then when Chris Cuomo gets hold of it, or Leanna Wen gets on TV, right. they want to just come out with a soundbite. And their soundbites are taking all of that probability and possibility and hedging of the real science mm -hmm. and turning it into an edict. Yeah. Then that doesn't match the science. It's amazing how much lecture we get about not following the science when all we want to do is just listen to the actual scientists. Right, right, exactly. All right, uh, before we wrap up, quick thoughts on this. The state of Vermont uh, apparently has announced that access to COVID-19 vaccines will be opened early, just totally along explicitly racial lines. Okay, I'm going to go now then. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's black, indigenous, or a person of color residents receive early access to the vaccine. So would you, are you, um, let's see. are you a person I don't, of color? I'm not a B, am I an I? I don't know. My, I mean, I Asians know. came across the Bering Strait, so <laughs> maybe. Am I a person of color? I mean, it is the summer. I don't know. Right, right. What's the definition? We're the same color. It's all three of us. Insane. And yeah, and how do you prove that? Because like, what if you're mixed? Yeah, do you, well, do you get to just claim heritage of the one that I mean? It's I what don't you know. identify as. I it, think it I mean, has to be. I think what they're going for here is an uh, kind of an affirmative action for Black Americans yeah. to get at the head of the line because they're uh, the, the data shows that they are inoculated at uh, lower rates than okay. everybody else. So. I've also heard the virus is racist. Uh, yeah, well, and well, they die also at um, a higher rate too because they have their, you know, there are other kind of health uh, conditions, health conditions yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I haven't really seen uh, any evidence. I've been waiting and waiting to see whether what what the evidence is that black people in America are unable to get to a vaccination right. point, right. or that they're being denied, or right. that there's. Uh, I've, I'm still waiting for somebody to start the top of the story, uh, featureize the top of the story with an actual person who can't find a yeah. a virus, uh, a vaccination spot. I, I'm not seeing that. Which is, by the way, uh, a little bit racist to just assume that, that black people just can't figure it out. You know, we saw Joe Biden that was like, 
Well, you know, we see these minorities. They, they don't know how to get on the computer over there and look up their vaccination site. Like, what? I mean, well, first yeah. of all, the hilarity so of, of Joe Biden telling us anything about technology yeah. when he can't handle stairs. But <laughs> separate and apart from that, the patronizing attitude that is held to African-Americans in this country and to other minorities about talking about how they're unable to do it. A lot of these individuals are making choices for themselves yes. and their family based on the best information that they have. Mm -hmm. And why should they be treated any differently unless the person making that statement really thinks less of them? Right. And I pretty confident that's racist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Todd, I think you're going to be waiting for a while if you're waiting yeah. for an actual example of that. All right. Well, this we, reminds... Oh, I'm, no, 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 go ahead. It just it, The whole thing reminds me of the voter ID uh, laws where yes, they yep. say that somehow there's some, ID. they don't have IDs, and, but you never can find an actual one who doesn't have an ID. <laughs> right. Like everybody's got an ID. Yeah, they're like, yeah, no, I have an ID. And also, I mean, I know how to go get one. I'm yeah. actually not stupid. So thanks, <laughs> Democrats. Uh, all right, we've got more to come, including an update on what is going on at the border. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bonner Wines. So, uh, Bonner Wines is for those of you who maybe you're trying to get a little bit healthier um, or maybe you've got a spouse nagging you and they're like, you really should stop drinking. Okay, it's not healthy for you. It's got a lot of calories. It packs on the pounds. Well, you can tell them that I said that Bonner Wines are actually way healthier uh, because they, first of all, they come from these remote vineyards in Argentina. They're, uh, the vineyards are like at 9,000 feet. Um, and so it's going to be, uh, it has way more resveratrol in the wines. Now, resveratrol is known to be, um, it's heart healthy, um, it is it boosts your longevity, okay? And aside from that, they've got less chemicals, less additives, less sugar. Have I sold you yet? Okay, you can be like, hey, I'm just drinking this wine because I'm trying to be healthy. That's what I do when I go home from work. I'm like, listen, I'm trying to be healthy. I gotta stay healthy for my kids, so I need the wine. It works, okay? That's all I'm saying. You <laughs> all right, go I'm willing to, to try it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> got me. You got to go to cowgirlwine2021.com. Uh, they just got another shipment of these wines in. I know I told you guys they disappeared because they were so good, uh, but they've got them in stock. So you got to go now. Don't sleep on it. They may run out again. You will get right now 50% off the wine and 50% off of the shipping. It was a very small shipment, so go there quickly. Cowgirlwine2021.com. That is cowgirlwine 2021.com. Back in a minute. All right, the Biden administration has uh, enacted what some are calling a catch and bus policy. Uh, they are transporting migrants to very, I'm sorry, are they, can I call them, do you call them migrants or do I, you just call them illegal immigrants? I call them illegal immigrants. They're illegal immigrants once they, and they're migrants, they're migrants until they pass the border. They're migrants unless they're going to go back. They plan to go back, but right. none of these people are going back. I hate they're this immigrants. language that they're using. They're illegal immigrants yeah. uh, to various locations within the U.S. so that they can pursue more permanent legal status. Now, um, we do have, Todd, footage from you, I believe, uh, that show um, the these immigrants boarding the buses to go further into the United States. So let's let's watch that. What's happening most of the time is that they are boarding buses and heading into America's heartland. A conveyor belt of commercial and charter buses just like this one in Del Rio, Texas, are carrying tens of thousands sight unseen from Texas, Arizona, and California borderlands northward. And they are dropping their Haitian, Venezuelan, Cuban, and Central American family units in Florida 
and New Jersey, Tennessee, Massachusetts, Michigan, North Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky, and to large cities in Texas, such as Dallas and Houston. I just would also like to point out, I don't think that that's how you're supposed to wear your mask. <laughs> I don't think that does anything when it's on your chin. Just, I'm just saying. Uh, Todd, tell us more about what's going on. Well, first of all, that guy stole my line. Uh, but yeah, that's what's happening. There's a uh, conveyor belt. Uh, but the, the Biden administration has opened the gates for family units. They all know it. So they mm -hmm. come over, the family units come over. They know that they'll probably spend a few days in a processing center, a Border Patrol processing center, but there are so many of them that they can't detain them and won't detain them, and they're not going to push them back to Mexico. So they head them over to the Greyhound bus station. Uh, or uh, there's so there, if there's enough of them, they'll charter buses for them. And these buses are heading from, they're, they're leaving the border with their human uh, import from uh, California all the way to the tip of Texas. So this is like a nonstop day in, day out operation, at least 30,000 by my count. Just now, this is early in the crisis. So uh, probably about 30,000 so far have been shipped to American mm -hmm. cities, uh, all four uh, corners of the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're looking at um, a great many more. It's going to be years of this. Uh, and that's how, that's the other side, the other end of the um, human smuggling chain that goes on is yeah. how they end up. And I think we, we don't see very much uh, reporting on that part. Yeah, and it's it's a shame because, you know, they tell us that we are not the compassionate, you know, side, that we are, you know, they're doing the humane and moral thing. And I'm like, encouraging people to come make the dangerous journey and then possibly, you know, have children who are going to be smuggled, who are going to be trafficked, I don't think is very compassionate, Bill. Well, and often the same people who are saying that we should, you know, bring these folks in, let them stay, ship them around the country are also the ones accusing America of being one of the most racist countries yeah. in the world. Why would they want to come Terrible, here? horrible, horrible place. Yeah. And I'd say, well, why would you why would you bring these people here? Right. Then? But but we all know that, that there's so much opportunity here. And what better way to change the voting demographics in all of these different towns. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, not exactly. Everyone will say, well, you know, these folks aren't citizens, like they're not there. But Todd, I'm, I'm curious to hear what, what you're seeing about the path to having documentation, mm -hmm. a path to being able to vote or have other IDs. What are these folks doing when they're coming through? Because they simply, you wouldn't see this many people coming if they really thought they were all going back. Yep. Well, for one thing, they're not running. They turn themselves in. They're walking to the, to the CBP. They're walking to the, the, whoever's in uniform. Yeah. They're walking to or they'll come across and just wait, <laughs> knowing that they're triggering a motion detector. Uh, wow. And then um, uh, what's happening is that the documents that they're getting, I've seen two, two types. One is a, a notice to appear, uh, which, is, um, which is to say that uh, you're going to claim credible fear and uh, political asylum, asylum here. Uh, but a great many of them, they didn't even have time for mm -hmm. that. They, it's just a personal recognizance uh, document. You're legal uh, wherever you end up in uh, Indiana or Des Moines or wherever you're going. Uh, at this date, you know, turn yourself in and <laughs> um, you know, uh, report to an immigration officer. And then most of them are going to be claiming asylum. Uh, most of them are not eligible for asylum, right. not even close. Yeah. These are economic migrants. Uh, I've interviewed many dozens of them, and when you talk to them and ask them why you're coming, it's never ever about, I'm fleeing government persecution. I just want a better life for my family. 
and while we can understand that, it's also uh, not acceptable to to have mass asylum law abuse like that mm -hmm. just on principle. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're using the, the, the claim to just kind of get past Border Patrol, win, lose, or draw later. Uh, these folks are not leaving. Yeah, We're not going to deport them. We're never going to be able to get them out if uh, they get removal orders on them. So, and, and, and they Todd, know it. And Todd, you said um, you were just talking off air about the numbers for this month or for March. Yes. And they've gone up. Skyrocketing. Amazing. Huge historic number. Washington Post is reporting this afternoon uh, 171,000 for the month of March. That's up 71,000 from the month of February, which was up. Which was already. 20,000, <laughs> which was up. And so what you, if you just, you know, kind of picture a uh, trend line, it's, it's doing this, like uh, a rocket ship to um, Mars or something. Mm. Uh, and I think it's not going anywhere at all because the administration is doubling down. Uh, they're saying this is a blip, it's not a big deal, uh, and uh, we're, we don't think there's a crisis, and we're a welcoming, uh, it's hugs, not deportations here. <laughs> Well, well, and also I've heard that they're fixing Trump's broken system. That, <laughs> that's yeah. what I hear. Because encouraging more people to send their kids across the border is how you reduce kids in cages. Oh, right? absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. that, well, whoa, that whoa, whoa. It's not cages, it's containers now. Oh, my gosh. I totally <laughs> forgot. My bad. No, I, I, and, and what, I, what I think is, you know, as, you know, from, simply from a, a, a human standpoint, is. We have by having a clear policy on the border, you make sure that folks aren't enticed to make the dangerous journeys that they may mm -hmm. be making from South America or Central America or through Mexico. I mean, we hear time and time again about the atrocities that are occurring on the other side of the border because of the drug cartels. And yet if folks are being, they're basically saying, you know what, I'm going to risk going through all of these places and take my family or separate my kids. And you see these groups of kids just wandering across the border one way or the other in very dangerous circumstances. And why are they doing it? Because they know about how they'll be traded because of the catch and bust on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's encouraging dangerous, harmful activity. Yeah, there's rich rewards on the other end of all of these efforts. And when you see video of kids being dropped on the other side of the wall, mm. and infants in uh, rafts mm -hmm. and uh, children drowning in the, in the Rio Grande, uh, think back to uh, President Biden's recent internationally televised press conference just a, a week or so ago, where he said, we will leave no children in Mexico. Right. The entire world heard that, and mm -hmm. they're sending their kids. Mm -hmm. And that's those dropping over the wall, that's just the beginning of that. And that's on you, Biden, by the way. Uh, all right, we have got more to come, but let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. So I'm curious to get your thoughts. on the topic of the border before we move on representative alexandria ocasio-cortez uh, attempted to of course downplay president biden's crisis at the border um, i know we heard her on the show talk about you know people are asking her hey you kind of called these concentration camps when it was under president trump now all of a sudden you're quiet and she's like yeah you want to know what i have to say about that the word surge is white supremacist, okay? Uh, not saying much, but here she is later at a town hall event where she gave, she said, all right, the, the situations are still a little barbaric, um, but 
President Trump was worse. Oh, and by the way, these illegal immigrants are owed reparations. Watch. Now, the first thing I want to say is that the fact that this keeps happening over and over and over again is a political failure by both parties. And I want to be very clear about that because I don't want to draw false equivalents. What is happening here is not the same as what happened during the Trump administration, where they took babies out of the arms of their mothers and deported their families and permanently traumatized these children, some of whom we don't know will ever be reunified with their family again, which is a level of human rights violation that is just simply not the same. Both of these things are barbaric and they're wrong. But when you rip a baby out of the hands of a mother, you cannot draw the same comparison. And anyone who is trying to do that is doing a profound disservice to the cause of justice. So I don't want to excuse any of this, but I'm also, I don't think we should also get them twisted together because one is not the same and we cannot dust that under the rug. And by the way, those families are owed reparations. <laughs> I love how she throws that in at the end. And by the way, you owe these families reparations for their choice to make the journey and become an illegal immigrant. I can't. My gosh, this is crazy. I, I mean, this one this is a little bit off to like off topic, but what if she feels that ripping a child out of the arms of their mother is barbaric. I don't want, I'm going to be very sad when she hears about abortion. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, but think no. about what she's saying there. Yeah. And it makes you, makes your stomach turn about the idea that somehow these exact same containers yes. with the exact same kids, except more of them yeah. in less space yeah. is somehow more barbaric. By the way, during a pandemic, where during we're, a told, pandemic. we're told that it's like the most important thing ever to require space. So but, on top of <laughs> So now we've got charter buses, right? Yeah. We've got charter buses, we've got planes, we've got containers, we've got borders. All of these things continue to be the exact opposite yeah. of what we're being told as a nation for the pandemic guidelines. Yeah, Todd, tell us where we're wrong. Well, where her where her argument fails is uh, in her in the perspective and context of the 2019 migration crisis. Uh, the number of children, families that were separated uh, there because the uh, parents were being charged with illegal entry uh, was maybe in the two to 3,000 range. But during that particular surge, 950,000 went through. So mm -hmm. the number that she's talking about is a very tiny fractional percentage of mm -hmm. what happened uh, then. Uh, and really what we have to be talking about is not a fractional percentage, but like the totality of population transfers from one country to another. I mean, Honduras, I think, has lost about a third of its population to us. And uh, oh. Guatemalan Highlands, I was there about a year ago, and, you know, the villages are just empty. Yeah. Like they're, the, their people have gone. And I think that, and they're here. Yeah. And they're never yeah. leaving either. And mm -hmm. more of them are coming. And I think that's kind of the bigger... In that sense, what she the 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 uh, surge that she was talking about then and now are very much the same.
Yeah, well, and, you know, she talks about ripping the children from their parents. I know they like to make it this, it sounds very dramatic, but when you think about it, you're like, right, but do you want small children in a facility with a bunch of adults that we don't know who they not. are? It's, yeah, yeah, it's like, of course not. for the same reason that the kids don't go to jail when their parents here in America would go to yeah. jail. They don't get to take their children with them. It's uh, just such a bizarre thing to me. So, you know, I'm sure all three of you have been in a room where a doctor is asking you about your child in their home. And one of the questions that is now a health safety question is whether or not you even have a firearm in the home. Not whether it's locked up, not whether it's somewhere safe, but that's a health question. I think we've got to add on to that at these care facilities on this side of the border or before you get on a bus, did you choose to send your kid across the border into a new country and ford a river like it's freaking Oregon Trail? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. what is going on here right. about the consideration of actual safety yeah. in these instances? And I know we were talking a little bit off air about, you know, a lot of these folks are actually making across. It's so easy now mm -hmm. to be able to get across, but it, the danger doesn't just stop there. Even if you ignore the coronavirus exposure in, in the containers, on the buses, on the planes, you just think about the safety of the situation of when they're in a new community, in a new culture, in a new place with nothing but a piece of paper, nowhere to stay, no other family at this moment, that you're asking for problems to occur right. well, at the every law, instance. Yeah. The law is, as it stands, is that if a minor comes across and is apprehended by uh, Border Patrol, uh, if the adult with that child can't show that they are a, either a legal guardian or a parent, and I mean with birth certificates, with, with documents, right, right. that kid's going into a separation yeah. area until they can figure it, so we can figure it should. out. Which they should, it's of for their course. safety. It's just, of course. kills me that they get to use this messaging that it's like, oh, that's so cruel right. to take the kids and protect them. It's a protection. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course it is. It's incredible. Uh, all right. Before we go, I know we have to take a break um, pretty quick, but I, I really want to hit this Hunter Biden topic. So Hunter Biden had an interview. I don't know who keeps telling him to do interviews, but he needs to stop. <laughs> uh, he had an interview with CBS this Sunday morning and was actually asked about uh, the laptop and that whole scandal. Here's what he had to say. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but you know that's is, this is. I really a, don't know. Okay. The answer is that's you don't the know yes answer. or no if the laptop. I don't have was any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been yours. Of course, certainly, it, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that that was the that it was Russian intelligence. Oh. It could be that it was stolen from me. I, you know, sometimes I have laptops and I just don't know if they go missing or if they get stolen or if like pictures surface of me, you know, recuperating from like a really crazy crack binge. <laughs> um, I just, these things happen and you don't really know. The, the memory loss game is amazing. I mean, again, I mean, how many laptops do you have, Hunter? I mean, what a fortunate man. Who's to know? Amazing. Incredible. <laughs> Did they all come from the Ukrainian, you know, oil and gas company as right, well, or right. what? Yeah, yeah but the thing probably. That, the thing that I extract from that is uh, that, that he's not denying. Right. It. That's what matters. And no, none of them have ever it denied ever. These, the story. Yeah. Uh, when the story's wrong, the first thing you do on day one, the 20 minutes in, is you go, that's that's a lie. Right. None of that's true. And so, you know, this is just sort of a equivocating and uh, all the rest of that still on the fact that that's his laptop. Yeah. That's and totally his laptop. Which, by the way, they never denied it, but that didn't stop Big Tech from shutting down the story, no. which I know, Bill, you have just a little bit of 
a little bit of expertise then. <laughs> a little bit of, you know, the idea of shutting down the marketplace of ideas. I right. mean, that's, if someone wants to raise a question, sure. You want to ask those kinds of questions. And when you see those kinds of answers, you want to continue to probe. But the fact that the New York Post story came down, the fact that people even talking about it are being shut down, or just any idea, yeah. all of it is problematic. Because if you don't have a good answer, then now they don't even want you to ask the questions. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's get into that after the break. Uh, look, I want to talk about what's going on with Steven Crowder. Sure. We'll be right back. It's just so funny because they keep doing this thinking that it's going to shut the conversation down. All right, so uh, Bill, tell us about what's going on with Crowder because I know YouTube has been screwing with him to the fullest extent. So so there's so much to dig into, so I'll give you the high level. Okay. We, we've got both, right now, we've had battles with Facebook, we're battling with Facebook, that's all happening, but to add under this layer cake of big tech shenanigans, in the last six weeks, Twitter has four separate times issued either a 12-hour or seven-day ban on Steven's account without identifying the post that's a violation, but also sending emails that say, you have violated the rules, specifically, colon, blank, without saying <laughs> what the violation is. Yet they have, we have seen Hiawaska Dorsey in front of Congress. We have seen Twitter officials talking in public statements, giving reports, talking about what it is that they do when they do enforcement and that they let people know, but here they're not doing it. We've contacted their legal department, we've contacted their other folks, still no response. Then you add on top of that, YouTube and what it's been mm -hmm. doing. They've come out and said, look, even if you provide both sides of the story regarding COVID and mortality rates, you can't do that. We're gonna take the episode off. Also, even though our policy regarding presidential election integrity says that you simply can't question that widespread fraud impacted the outcome of a presidential election, you now can't even point out specific errors in the voting system itself. You can't even question the problems that are happening in these different states and counties. Another video was taken off. So hopefully we will be back on Monday uh, or by Tuesday. Monday the ban should end, though there's a lot of question that's happening. And, and this is what I tell folks on both sides. When And a lot of people I know are talking about this. Maybe folks that are conservative are talking to coworkers or families that might be more on the progressive side or middle or left. This comes down to the idea that big tech feels invincible Mm -hmm. about shutting down that marketplace of ideas. They can't actually come up with the evidence to counter the arguments. Yeah. They can't get people to stop talking about it amongst themselves. So they are going to shut down the modes of communication to try and change the outcome of what our culture has and what people are doing to think about these topics. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, and which, by the way, let me just really quickly, um, because I know Stephen's video, or at least the one that I saw, um, he had specifically said, like, he had receipts for what he was saying when, it came, to, when it came to questioning the outcome of the election. Like, he was like, we went to these addresses and they don't exist. Well, here's the thing. He wasn't, he wasn't making the conclusion that the outcome of the election right. was changed. Right. He, was he was just, just saying, saying, look, this is the voter roll from this day. Yeah. Here's the actual address. It's an underpass or it's an empty right. field or it's a desert, you know, plot or it's like literally the only thing here is a cactus. Right. right. It's good reporting. It's good yes. reporting. Yeah, but but now the... 
even talking about the topic itself is verboten, which is insane. It's really, really is insane. Is there any recourse at all other than to go to uh, the platform owner and say, please, pretty please? So there's a couple of different things. One, Congress has the ability to take some action with regard to Section 230. Uh, whether they will under this current set mm -hmm. is probably unlikely, though this is affecting folks on both sides of the aisle because at scale, big tech is unable to fairly enforce its own policies. They're not even clear with themselves about what those policies are. But the other part is legal lawsuits, which is what we're engaged in, things that we've pursued. In fact, the very first time I met Stephen four years ago was suing Facebook. I mean, and, and for a long time, things were fine, but then they just got worse again. So uh, it's, it's a pretty uh, terrible situation. But there is one other thing that's happening at the state level and just really highlights the beauty of our Two, two government system, right? The federal versus state. You have DeSantis in Florida, who's created a policy and a new law that talks about punishing folks who censor or deplatform mm -hmm. politicians or candidates, right? Because that's a, an actually big problem that big tech is engaged in. Governor Abbott just put forth a bill that passed through the House or through the Senate and would now go to the House that would make that apply to all people who are within Texas. If there's a certain level of unfairness with regard to deplatforming or censoring someone or shutting them down or doing an enforcement. But it, now it's coming up to these individual states to say, hold on. Our overlords in Palo Alto who are sitting there with their ping pong tables and their beanbag chairs and their rollerblades inside of the office. Okay, great. You went from that, that garage mentality, that tech, that do no evil, to literally everything you do is evil mm -hmm. because you're trying to do good. Yeah. Uh, Todd, you were saying that you've experienced some big tech issues as well. I mean, well, for one thing, I lost my parlor account when that happened and... Uh, and, yeah. and then the, you know my Twitter uh, numbers right. went uh, fell by you know a, a lot yeah. uh, because they were, uh, but re I have a newsletter and I was sending it out via uh, Mailchimp, and they just cut me off for for sending a story out about uh, what an ICE deportation officer told me about what it's like to be an ICE deportation officer now under the Biden uh, administration. And I asked why, and, and I never got a response, so I just switched services at the moment. So that's I didn't know MailChimp was a part of this. Incredible. But well, the, and, and that's what we're finding, is that more and more companies are, are falling under the pressure of saying, you know, we've got to kind of follow the woke mob and where it goes. Uh, but ultimately, the, 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 woke, the idea of wokeness is something that perhaps started good, turned bad, and is now a tiger that will ultimately, once it's eaten, all of one ideology will just come and get the rest. And you're even seeing that now, the example of Alexi McHammond at, yep. at Teen Vogue, the editor who was fired over anti-Asian tweets. I'm Asian, I looked at those tweets. I've said things like that before. <laughs> but the point is, is that will someone be followed forever on that? Right. And, and how that's impacting these companies and how they make their enforcement decisions is incredible because of the power they have, all right? When you think about if AT&T were to say, you know what, if I don't like your political views, I'm just gonna stop offering you coverage. I'm going to stop offering. You can't drive on these toll roads because we don't like you anymore. You can't ride on this bus. The idea of utilities, of common carriers, is to make sure that those ideologies don't impact basic services. And if we're not considering the ability to use the biggest modes of communication today, especially given how they act themselves, they need to step back yeah. on the editing and just let the platforms do be platforms instead of publishers, which is how they're acting now.
Yeah, well, we appreciate all of the work that you guys are doing over there. We know it's setting uh, some precedents for the future. We're, so. we're trying to, and they can, and folks, can, really, the big thing to do is vote with your eyeballs and ears. Go yes. like the ones that you're doing, share them, go check out Crowder Bits or Steven's main channel, but everyone at The Blaze as well, all of the different ways. Everyone at The Blaze has been impacted by this in one way or the other. Everyone at The Daily Wire, at The Daily Call, or The Washington Examiner, all of these different places are impacted. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. Back in a minute. So is your, is your, does your... Uh, all right, we do have an update very quickly before we go. I'm sure, you know, you guys have heard it. We're just learning it that uh, one officer has died from his injuries um, at, as far as the Capitol uh, situation going on. The suspect did exit his car wielding a knife. So he was, of course, shot by Capitol Police and also uh, died from his injuries. Security officials, again, as of the time of this taping, believe that it was a lone wolf suspect and was not connected to any other group. Of course, we will bring you the details um, after the weekend as they come out uh, and everyone has a chance to get into it. But this is a really great reason to uh, make sure that you are subscribed to Blaze TV um, so that we can give you the latest because as we were talking about, we don't know when, um, when they're coming for all of us just for <laughs> reporting facts and truth. So thanks again, Bill, for being here and giving us that and thank you to Todd. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.